Welcome to the Electrician Success Podcast. I'm Greg Allen, and this is your daily performance boost. If you're interested signing up to the Electrician Success Academy, we've got an offer at the moment for anyone that listens to this podcast. Use the coupon code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all in capital letters, to get 10% off a lifetime, 10% off any of the memberships. So thanks again, and let's start this episode now. Hi, everyone. We're here with Tom Burt from Northern Switchboard Solutions. He's based in Townsville, and really excited to talk to you today, Tom, because you're retiring in eight days. Is that correct? I am, Greg, and uh, looking forward to it. Hasn't been a long journey, but it's, it's, it's time has come. So, so excited to talk to you today and, and to talk about your whole journey as an electrician all the way through to retirement. We haven't had someone with this much experience in the industry on here before, so it's going to be great to hear what you have to say and what you can give back to the industry. So thanks for coming on. Uh, my pleasure. What a fantastic industry, the electrical industry is. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure being in it for all these years. Awesome. And uh, thanks for your service in the industry. It's really good and, and your time today. So no um, love to hear a little bit about your story. So could you run us through where you started, when you started your business, and um, what your business does, anything like that. Yep, uh, not a problem. We started, we did my electrical apprenticeship with the railways uh, way back when. Uh, and then I worked for a company called Kilpatrick Green. We were now part of the United Group. I was a project manager for them. And then decided that I wanted to do my own contracting business. So we formed that business back in early 90s. Um, and just myself and another gentleman did a partnership and we called that mine back and that business is still going today and I sold that business back in 2010 um, to some of my other employees. Okay. In 98, I saw a need for another switchable manufacturing business in Townsville because there wasn't anybody doing it. We had to purchase stuff from either Cairns or Mackay or Brisbane. So I formed Northern Switchboard Solutions. And also when I formed Northern Switchboard Solutions, that was part of my business planning for my retirement was to go to a switchable manufacturing business and get out the electrical contracting because I just wanted to start to uh, have a bit more control. It's a lot easier building boards in a warehouse and then leaving the warehouse and not having to do any site work and, and everything which is involved in site work, which we all yeah. know is can be very challenging. Yeah. Um, so I'd planned a long time that, I'm going to sell the contracting business. It was always part of my long-term plan was to sell the contracting business and then spend a few more years in the switchable manufacturing business and then do as I'm doing today and retiring very soon. Yeah, that's excellent. So with the so you started and you had two businesses running side by side? Um, I had three businesses actually. I also started a, a what's called a cable repair business for drag line cables. Yeah. Um, and we started that one as well. Excellent. What gave you the ability to start multiple businesses, do you think? Um, stupidity. <laughs> no, yeah. and energy. I had energy. I wanted to achieve a few things. And I saw I wanted to go to niche markets. So with Mylec in, in the industrial side, there wasn't a lot of people doing it. So I, I picked niche markets and, and wanted to go to the cable repair business. Again, there was no one in North Queensland doing it. So that's why I picked that one. And same with the switchboard manufacturing. There wasn't anybody in town for doing it. So I was picking niche markets where, where I could achieve a good outcome. So you obviously built up a team that could 
the business could run without you and then you could start a new business? Is that how it generally went? That is, that is how I generally did it. But when I built the new businesses, I also bought, I did it with partners so that I could have that partner. I know in, in each business I started, I took a new partner and they had skin in that business. So I could manage it from the top, the financial side, as long as they were managing the floor. And, yeah. and that's how we started them all. Yeah, that's a good partnership. You're not trying to butt heads on the same sort of level. You've got no. the individual roles, what you do. Within the it was, there was always always that way and everyone knew what was going on in terms of that. It was, it was very easy. We, we knew our roles from day one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Excellent. So through your, through your journey, what would you say is the one thing that you could give away to the industry as a, a takeaway of today's podcast? Um, just be nice to everybody and do what you say you're going to do. If you make a promise to somebody, do it. doesn't matter if it's going to cost you money, if you're going to lose money on it. Once you give your word, you must stick to your word. Yeah. And I think that's the most positive thing in, in business. Once you give a word to somebody, you stick to it. Yeah. The moment you, you go back on that word, then it, it sticks with you and it, your name gets bandied around. So yeah. I think the most positive thing is if you say you're going to do something, do it. Yeah. And if you, if you don't want to do it, then don't say it. Yeah, Basically. I think that's especially a modern day thing as well. It's like you don't want to seem like you can't do it. So you say yes yeah. and then you find yourself in a lot of trouble or not able to deliver the service that you want to deliver. So yeah. that's really good. Don't, don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. Yeah, so... Don't be afraid to say no. If you don't think you can handle that job, say no. Yep. It's business, isn't it? It's not. It's not a it personal. It's not a personal dig if you can't do it. It's not like oh, you you no, no. you're useless. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's exactly right. You you need to know that if it doesn't fit within your business model and you don't think you can do it, you you have to be able to say no because if you say yes to something which you can't do, you're just putting more pressure on yourself and and, and pressure on your business. Have you got an example where maybe in the early days where you were saying yes to things and you found it was unproductive or it cost you money? Something like that. Um, I think I've tried to erase most of those out of my mind, actually. Yeah. But um, big problems, were they? Oh no, not problems. But they're just you just took on too much. Yeah. Again, you know, like everybody, you, I can do it, I can do it, and then you just took on too much, put too much pressure on, and then what happens is your profitability starts to fall. Um, you're not managing the jobs you're doing properly, and then you you go backwards instead of going forwards. It's, it's nice turning over twenty million dollars unless you're making a profit. Exactly. So you yeah. need to make sure you're making a profit. Yeah. And and that's when you get too busy or you take on too much. Sometimes your profit margins drop considerably, and then you and you're not managing the, the little things right. Do you think that's what's the reason that the profit margins drop? Because you're not managing. You're you're not being able to spend the time doing the little things right. So if you look after the little things, the big things have always will take care of themselves. But you tend to go, oh, I've got a big thing here now, and you forget to look after all the little things underneath it in terms of productivity of your guys, your purchasing power, how you're actually purchasing, um, whether you're purchasing too much. It's, yeah, you just, you need to take a step back and go back to the little things and make sure all the little things are right, and then the big thing will, will go from there. Yeah, we've definitely found productivity and profit losses when we try and do things that we haven't done before because the team isn't trained in it. We don't know how to manage the team when, with that sort of work. Um, we don't know how to charge properly for that sort of work. So, you know, like you said, trying to take things that you're not used to on and it usually ends up not in, not in your favour. 
That's right. And, and being under-resourced and, and not having the, the, the tooling, basically. It's, the people are most of the time, it's all right, but you also they need to have the proper tooling to supply to those guys so they're going to be productive. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah. so with, with that, um, you were saying just before this meeting that positivity is one of the big things, like remaining positive throughout. You've been through nearly three market cycles now. So yeah. tell us a little bit about you know, your emotions as you're going through those market cycles and maybe initially when you first felt the, the crunch and then how it is yeah. when it's in a positive market cycle. Yeah, well, in terms of, for me, I was lucky when I first started the business that I was actually in the, in the bottom part of the market. So I knew how hard it was there and then. So I knew if I, I worked it properly then, as the market started to pick up again, my business could pick up. So and when my business started picking up and I started positive and, and looking at all the good things, what I started to do then was put money aside because I knew, again, these cycles were going to come. I knew there would be bad times coming. So I decided that it, I'll put money aside so that when the bad times come, I'm not going to put myself under stress in terms of how I keep the guys going or look after them. I'm yep. always going to have some money in the bank so I can keep them going. And it, for me, it was always about the guys. You know, When I worked for a big company at Kilpatrick Green, I was just a number. So when I did start the business, it was very important to me that every guy who worked for me was a person, not a number. They were a person and I wanted to look after them. So whenever I was doing anything within the business, I structured it so that I could look after those people. Not only those people, but those people's families as well. So yeah. for me, it just wasn't that person working for me. It was that person's family that I wanted to look after as well. Yep. So I always structured it, put money aside and stay positive and try and do that with the guys as well. Stay positive with the guys. Let the guys have fun at work. Don't, don't be serious all the time. You need to have some fun at work. You need to be able to smile and, and have a laugh. Yeah. And uh, we used to play a lot of practical jokes on each other all the time and very harmless but good fun. Yeah. <laughs> things things like, uh, you know, the guys might go out to a mine site to, to do something and then we'd, uh, we'd put a little present in his, or he'd get his backpack or something. So we'd have to chuck it on the plane. But when we chucked it on the plane, there was always something else in that backpack apart from what he had. <laughs> yeah. Good surprise for him when he got there. And then he ends up going to jail in Bali. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> Not that but, and you never left your shoes at their workshop because if you come in the next morning, they, had, they were full of ice. Yeah. They would go in the freezer overnight. Oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just little things like that. Yeah. Even our poor old secretary, the boys used to bring a, a spring snake to work and chuck it in her top drawer so when she woke, opened it in the morning, the snake would spring up at her. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, so have fun at work for that, sure. That, that's that positivity. Yeah, always staying, staying, staying fun. Don't, don't be negative around work. Stay positive and have fun and enjoy it. Yeah. So, do you have any strategies around, like keeping productive yourself with three businesses? You're obviously going to have a lot of things that you had to try and manage at any one time. How did you manage? You know, was this? It's, it's time there? management. Yeah, it's, it's time management. Um, there were days. Most days, I would put an hour aside, which was my hour. I wouldn't let, wouldn't take phone calls. I wouldn't talk to anybody else, and I just actually use that hour to, to sort things out to where everything was going. But as long as you have good managers in place, you, you don't have that many time constraints. You just do one thing at a time. You look at this first problem, or if it's a problem, or a solution, fix it there, and then don't don't look at it, and then put it back and have a look at it a second time. Do yeah. make that decision straight away. The more you procrastinate over things, the worse you get. Yeah. Just, just be prepared to make the decision and live with that decision, whether it's the right decision 
or the wrong decision doesn't matter, make it and live with it and then and move on. And you find you can manage a lot of things and do a lot of things in one day if you live by that. Yeah. I love the hour, hour of power thing that you just said. I think that's so critical yeah. just to turn your phone off or divert it to the manager or whoever it is uh, or even just put it on do not disturb and just give yourself an hour a day where you're un, uninterrupted just to get things done. So that's really good. Yeah, especially, especially planning. Planning in those times. <laughs> execute the plan. Yeah, yeah, execute. But have a plan. You need to have a plan. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, a lot of business people, they're made to do a business plan if they're looking for finance or whatever, even when they're starting their business. They did a business plan and then they put that business plan in a drawer. That's the last place you want to put it. It should be sitting on your desk and it should be getting reviewed every six to six months to a year at least. Yeah. You should never do a business plan and then put it in a drawer. It's, you need to have a plan. Yeah. You need to have some sort of direction about where you want to go and what you want to do. Where would you be if you didn't have a plan, do you think? Because you said you planned right from the start. So where would you be right now? Still working? I'll probably still be working, yeah. And I certainly, certainly would not achieve the goals that I set myself and where I wanted to be at this point in time. So without that plan, I would never have got there. Yeah. Absolutely would not have got there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, as I said, it takes a long time. I, I planned 10, 15 years ahead mm. in terms of where I want to be. And, and to get to where I am today, that's, that's been a 20-year plan. Yeah. And were you, when you were planning, were your goals ambitious? Were they, you're almost like, how am I going to achieve that? But you did it anyway? You set those sort of goals and worked backwards? Uh, or how did you no, go about no, that? I never, I never tried to um, do an over-ambitious goal. The goals I wanted to do were simple. Um, I, don't, I don't want to live a, a fancy life either. So I, I had a goal where I said, this is how much money I need to live on each, each year, basically, from when I want to retire. So I, I work towards that goal. Once I'd set that goal, that's when I then started working towards that goal. That I could live off that money without having to work, basically. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and it was never ever over ambitious. Yeah. Because I think if you if you set your goals too high, you're only setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So before this meeting, we we're talking about um, Dale Carnegie and the ten yeah. step the ten steps that you follow and you've got on your desk. Uh, to your planning and, and uh, review. So what yeah. we're going to do now is just go over these 10 things because I'm a massive advocate of Dale Carnegie as well and how to win friends and influence people. But these 10 yeah. steps are really great and I, I love it that you said your whole life you've been living by these. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. And they, they sit on my desk again. Whenever I, I do get a bit negative sometimes, I just pull these little snippets of uh, wisdom out and they keep me going again and, and fire me back up. Yeah. So they've been really good. Yeah, I've found them the best best tool I've used in the business. To be honest, the best tool. Yeah. So we're about to the share best your best tool out of your whole career today. Ten points. <laughs> yeah, these awesome. ten points. And um, if you live by them, you you will certainly succeed. Oh, I love it. Definitely will succeed. Awesome. All right, let's get into them. So number one. All right. Number one is is don't criticise, condemn, or complain. So. When people are asking for your time, the worst thing to do is, is complain to that person about something. Yeah. You need to sit there and listen to them, find out what their complaint is, and then work out how you can fix that. Yeah. Don't criticise other people and don't criticise, certainly don't criticise other people. That's the worst thing you can do. And don't complain to other people about something. Your problem is you, you need to solve that problem yourself and fix it. 
Yeah. That's and that's the best way. Don't I condemn think, them. So that's that's almost being living in objective sort of viewpoint, isn't it? It's not being emotionally uh, feeling emotional about business decisions. You sort of got to see it as an objective thing, so that you're not you know, getting emotional and having to complain to someone about someone not doing it right or blaming other people for That's things. Correct. If you're the manager of a business, emotion has to be thrown out the door. I can tell you right now, emotion has to be thrown out the door and you have to think about things positively and, and how you're going to solve problems. Yeah. But you can't, you can't get emotional if you're running a business because you'll start to make poor decisions. Yeah. Cool. You'll definitely make poor decisions and decisions which aren't based on fact. And you need to make decisions which are based on fact, not emotion. Yeah, and I think that, that if you start to criticise and condemn and complain, that just drives a negative energy anyway, so stay away it from it. Just think yeah, positive. Stay, away from stay that positive side of the, the ledger, uh, absolutely. A good thing you can do is put a elastic band or some sort of band around your arm, and if you uh, find yourself complaining or condemning or complaining, uh, pull it and slap yourself. <laughs> well, my, my partner actually is... Kerry uses that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Give it Kerry and Kerry uses that. She puts elastic band around her wrist every now and then. She just finished doing a production show actually on my Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. And a couple of cast members weren't doing what they probably should do, but uh, she had elastic band around her wrist and she used to just pull that to keep herself calm. Now she's got a red permanent band around her wrist. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And the show went on. It was very successful. Oh, excellent. That's good to hear. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's well, so that's number one. And number two is to be genuinely interested in other people. So if you're gonna run a business and you want clients, don't, you need to go and talk to that client and be genuinely interested in, and start to learn about that client and, and who they are, what makes them tick. Yeah. Not their whole family, but you can see it's, it's good to talk to them about family, find out what their, their main interests are, but be genuine. Don't, don't go and talk to them and not look them in the eye or just, you know, if, if they've got a conversation with you and you're there, their thoughts are going straight out of the top of your head, then you won't have them as a client for very long. You need to yeah. take a genuine interest in people. Yeah. And that's what all the good, good coaches do in all the sports as well. You know, if you see a successful coach in the sporting team, he's taking a genuine interest in each of his players. And the clients are our players, basically. So we need to make sure we, we understand our clients and, and what their needs and wants are. Yeah. I, lo I actually love this point more than any of them. Because if you can start to think, like even though your own self-interest and people are usually thinking about themselves and what they need to do to get more business or run a better business and if you can actually just shift that mindset to thinking about what other people want uh, and actually talk to them as friends rather than, you know, this person's going to give me what I want yeah, and you're actually correct. interested in them, you don't even have to worry about talking about work. You'll just get it. That's what oh, I do get anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I've, I've mentored quite a few electricians over the years. And as, as you know, and it's it's good when you start mentoring and you take that interest in them and learn about their family, learn about what they're doing and, and, and have an interest. And as you start to mentor them and, and watch them grow, you, and especially that time when you see that aha moment sort of come on their face when they finally get it <laughs> in terms yeah. of running their business and, and family and, and life and that, it's there's nothing more pleasurable. It's really good. Yeah. It is really good. So yeah. that's that's yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm just thinking about it now because you mentored me when I was going through some really hard times a couple of years ago, and yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate what you've done for me. But yeah, I, def I remember, I remember having that aha moment with you, 
And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. You see it on a lot of people's faces. And I've, I've not only done the electrical industry, I've done it with um, other trades and I've, I've mentored in a few other different industries and it's always good. Yeah. It's good to see people when they finally understand that just the little things. Again, as, as I said to you, get the little things right and then the big things will follow. Yeah, I think if, you've got, if you're calling people up and, sorry, if they're calling you up to have a chat about what you're doing outside of work, you've, you've hit the, and this is a client of yours, you're winning. Yeah. That's a win because they're not just Absolutely. your client, they're your friend. So, yeah. and they'll just give you work. It's just once you've got, and if you've got friends who are giving you electrical work at the moment, you can create that with your clients as well. You just have to be interested in them like you would a friend. Oh, you create that with, yeah, create that with your clients, with your suppliers. You know, suppliers we, as well. Yeah, we were able to do a couple of really good projects in Townsville for the Cancer Council and Ronald McDonald and the relationship I have with all my suppliers and everything allowed me to get a lot of materials donated for these projects and the electrical industry did really well out of it. Got a really good vibe from the electrical industry that those guys. So again, it's just creating that relationship with the person and, and understanding them and because you run into them on day-to-day process anyway, even if you're not dealing with them, if you're playing a sport, you run into them in the sporting field, you might run into them at a community thing you're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you get involved in all those different aspects of life. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, number three. Number three. We, we've sort of number three. We've just as we've talked through. It's a, in terms of taking an interest in other people's interests. So that's what number three is. Number four is again appeal to their noble motives. So when you're talking to that person, you, you don't say it's it's for me. We're doing this for the community, or we're doing it as a as a greater period. And yeah, it's said when I'm talking to my guys, even at work, I'm, I'm not I'm not thinking about what I'm doing for them. I'm thinking about what I'm, how I'm helping them and their family. Yeah. And, and you, you appeal their noble modes, motives and the, the better cause and the good cause. Yep. And you, you, you personally then get a lot more out of it as well because yeah. you can see you're helping that person. Yes, generally, generally helping, like that helping yeah. feeling. Human beings, like we're meant to help each other. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we should do it all the time. We should yeah. not think about ourselves. We should be helping. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. So that's, that's been yeah, that's a good little philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is is about how to face time robbing situations. Which again, as I said, time management is one of the most important things in running a business. As you know, how you manage your time, what you do with your time, so you got enough time to do what you want to achieve, but also time for your family and and other other things you want to do at home. So if you've got a time-robbing situation, what he says is ask yourself, what is the worst that can possibly happen? Mm. Then you start to prepare yourself for the worst that can happen and then you try to improve on the worst. Now, um, an example for that for me would be uh, when I was negotiating EBAs with the union. So I I thought about that. I I always had my guys on what's called the Queensland Workplace Agreement. Uh, We want a major, major project and... We had to go on a union union uh, agreement, so that process was very time robbing, and and I thought it was going to end, end my business. To be honest, I, I just couldn't see the light. Yeah. But when I sat down and actually went through it, looked at it, and took took the worst, we actually then worked our way out around it. And um, as much as I didn't want to go to the union, we did go to the union agreement, and it it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And we we, we pushed through it, and uh, the business kept on growing after that so so you 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 thought what was the worst that could possibly happen these are the things that could happen and that's where you're like oh my god we're going to go under (laughs) 
And then yeah. you're like, actually, what can we do about that? And you started planning to make it better. Planning through that process. We did, yeah. yeah. Cool. And we got through it, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That, yeah, you're getting held over the, the chopping block sometimes. So, but anyway, it was fine. We got through it and yeah, it was good. But that, that, was, that was one of those situations where I needed that to just get me through. Yeah. I think I just want to share like a situation with me, like what's the worst could, that could happen, especially when your business is in a really tough position. I always come back to like, all right, even if you know, we sold the business, I'd still have my family, would still have, I could go back yeah. to, on the tools, you know, that's fine and, and be okay with that. Exactly. And when you're okay with that, then your mind just goes, okay, well, let's not go there. Let's plan our way out of it. Yeah, but you have to be that. okay with that worst, like going yes. backwards. Yeah, you do absolutely. Because it's so easy yeah, to block yeah, it and go, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be me. It's not gonna be me. But you have to actually put yourself there so you can see what it will be like. No, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly at some point in time I was in that process of going, I'm gonna shut this business down. I don't, I don't want this to happen to me in the way that these guys are doing this. And uh, those thoughts were going through my head. Yep. And I can walk away, not a problem. Mm. But. You just, you just have to work through them. There's always going to be challenges. Anyone who says there isn't any challenges is certainly not uh, telling the truth, I can tell you. No, it's definitely It's a rollercoaster rider it's through the business. We know it's a rollercoaster. Yeah. I like that. So when you're going through that process, number yep. six is part of the Dale Carnegie is to actually write out the answers and the questions. So yep. number one, you write, A, what is the problem? So sit down and write, write it down. What is that problem? How am I gonna, what's, what's it gonna do to me? Um, what are the causes of that problem? What are the possible solutions? And what is the best possible solution? So just sit down and, and work through that process. Again, just like planning or whatever, work it through as a process. Don't try and run everything around in your head at once going, oh, this is bad, this is bad, that's bad. Mm. No, just sit down and methodically go through it. And if you, if you, if you do that, then the problem will be solved. There isn't a problem that can't be solved. I've always lived by that philosophy. Yeah. Doesn't matter what problem is there, you can solve that problem if you sit down and work through the process. Yeah. Don't don't ever believe a problem can be solved, and don't let anybody tell you that you can't solve a problem because you can. Yeah. You can but do what you want to do. Even out in the field, like you got electricians that are just like, no, I can't do it. Not possible. So like, it is possible. You just have it to think, you just have to think about it, and we'll figure That's out right. a way. What's the solution here? Yeah, that's, that's all right. And you're going to come across those all the time. The, the answers aren't there. You've got to sit down and work out the answer. Yeah. But it can be worked out. And you need to, again, that's part of my positivity. I always believe that whatever the problem was, I could solve it. Mm. I could fix it. You have to believe that, eh? That's yeah, awesome. you have to believe it. You do. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, next one is inspecting gratitude. So people are never going to come up to you and say, shit, Tommy, you're a good boy. You're doing a fantastic job. Oh. No one's going to do it. Your what they will do is they'll, if, if you go and do a good job for them, they'll ring you up again and use you next time. And that's that's where you get your gratitude. Don't expect people to come up and say to you, I'm doing a really good job because they just don't do it. Yeah. In real life, in work life, it's, that's what happens. Hardly anyone says you're a good guy. Yeah. You just do what you want to do. Be happy with what you want to do. Enjoy what you want to do. But don't expect it to gratitude. So the gratitude comes back in the fact that they'll – Come back and use you a second time or third time, or yeah, you know, and you get to the point where they just they won't go to anybody else. They just ring you up and say, "Come and do this job for me." I won't get any other place because I trust you now. I know what you're going to do, and and you, you then have a client for life. Yeah, 
if you expect them to come back and say to you, you've done a good job, it's, yeah, it won't like happen. You'll be, yeah. be waiting on the phone for a long time. Yep. Yeah, don't expect it. And if you do get it, it's a bonus. Oh, if you get it, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and appreciate it and acknowledge the person who's giving you it. You say, thank you, that's very nice of you to say that. But, um, yeah. If you expect it, that's the other thing about expectations. Like if you're expecting someone to say thanks when they do, you're not really yeah. happy about it. You just, good, yeah. good. I wanted you to say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that. It is good. Yeah. Um, number eight was to remember that unjust criticism is often a disguised compliment. So sometimes if people are ringing up and trying to criticize you, it's not that they're, they're criticizing you, it's just you've done a good job and they're just trying to find a way. Some people will always complain. Yep. Some people will always complain and there's nothing you can do about that except accept that they are going to complain. But again, if, if they are complaining, it depends what they're complaining about. They might actually be giving you a compliment, but they're just doing it in a complaining way. Mm. And you, you, you need to understand that. It's, I know that sounds complicated, but that's actually how they do it. That's how their minds work. Yeah. Um, I really like um, with that when when someone does criticise me or my business, like I've always thanked them, and by thanking yeah. them, this is a Dale Carnegie thing as well, by saying thank you so much because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know about that. So I really appreciate you telling me this today. And once you say yeah. that, it could be the most angry customer ever. As you say that to them, I just found it totally diffuse, and they're like, oh, yeah, I was angry, but yeah, no, thank you for acknowledging me yeah and I've a lot of the times what I do with those sort of customers too because I know my guys I knew my guys so well that I would say well I've, yes I understand what they're saying but I said I know that guy very well and I don't believe he would have done that I think there must be a misunderstanding here somewhere or whatever and again you work through that process with them yeah because they do they some people read something the wrong way it's they said we, we can all read the same sentence and then say it two ways yeah. when we say it back yeah if you know what I mean yeah know what you mean yeah, so that's and it's good. But stick by stick by your guys. If, if people want to criticise your guys, you need to understand that. No, I know that guy well. I don't think he would have done that. We'll we'll take that on board and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, and, and certainly don't again don't go back to them and start abusing them because that's the worst thing you can do. You need to understand them and listen. It's it's that listening process again. Yeah, that is for sure. Um, number nine, this is probably the hardest one to make, is you analyze your own mistakes and yourself. So know what your, what your capabilities are. Um, try and improve on those capabilities. Train yourself in different areas. Yeah. Um, and analyze and, and have a look at what you're doing. And know it's hard when you're running a business to sit back and look at yourself sometimes. And again, in that, that hour time, which I used to take off, that's when I would actually sit back and look at what I was doing who I was affecting and whether I was right or wrong and, and, mm. and doing that. And, and certainly listen to people who, again, I had some people mentoring me as well. So you listen to them and you take that on board. Don't, don't, don't always believe that you know everything because you learn something new every day, as we know. Yeah. And you forget things that you've learned. So don't think that you're going to know it forever. <laughs> very easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget them very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Especially all the maths we learned at school. I've forgotten all that already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it when my kids go through school and I relearn it again. <laughs> yeah, you got it. That's right. Yes, I've been through that process. <laughs> cool. That is sure. Yeah. Um, we've got 
just the last one is number 10. Um, and very good working habits. So to apply these good working habits, A, you just clear your desk of all papers except those relating to the immediate hands. So, and I've always lived by that. Pick one piece of paper up once, deal with it, make the decision, put it down. Don't pick a piece of paper up, look at it and go, uh, and put it back down again. Make a decision and go on. If, if you find you do that, you're going to get a lot of work achieved in one day. If you mm. keep on picking up the piece of paper and then doing other things, you'll never go anywhere. You just keep on going round round circles. You need to pick it up, make a decision, and, and move on. Yeah. As we said, yeah. Um, do up a list of your to-do list for the day. I've, I've always had a diary my whole life, and I had my to-do list on that diary. The important things were at the top of the diary. They're not so important underneath. So I start at the top and work down through those yeah. those to-do lists, and, and, and that's I found that very handy. Unfortunately, but yeah. So I always have that and just transfer it, but... I used to always try and achieve what I was. What was on my to-do list for the day? I would try and achieve that that day before I went home. Yeah, I feel like if you don't have a to-do list, your your mind's trying to do every single one at the same time, and you're not actually doing one job, one thing at a time, which is important. Yeah, Yeah. and that's how your mind works. Is one one thing at a time is how your mind works. And if you if you concentrate on that, you you get a lot more achieved. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Again, when See is if you're faced with a problem, solve as I kept on saying, you know, my philosophy. If you've got a problem, solve it. If you can solve it then, make the decision and solve it. If you can't, certainly put it aside, but try and nine out of ten times, you should be able to solve that problem. The ten one you'll just you'll have to work through a bit, but the nine out of ten times you should be able to solve that problem and, and put it to bed. Yeah. And move on. Believe in yourself. Sure. Yeah. And I think the the, the last one which is the most important thing is, is you need to learn to organize, deputize and supervise. So when you sit there and you, you, you send an electrician out, you go, well, I could have done that job faster myself or whatever. But you need to understand that every person thinks differently. Um, so long as they're working within a certain amount of parameters, within your rules of your business, so you, your business should have rules and these guys need to work by those rules, um, you need to trust them. Give them the autonomy to actually go out there and do the job and let them do it the way they want to do it. Don't try and babysit them all the time and say, this is how you'll do it unless it's they're doing it wrong. They'll, they'll think about it a different way. As long as it, at the end of the day, the goal that you want is achieved, it's done in two hours or whatever, and the client's happy, you need to be able to live with that. Yeah. And, and be able, as I said, be able to have a supervisor or, or a foreman working for you, set him on his way with the job you want him to do and have belief in him that he's going to do that. If you don't have belief in that, that gentleman, being a foreman and doing the job you want him to do, then you don't want him in your business because you, you need to have that belief within yourself to give that belief to him. Yeah. If he's not doing it, you, should, you shouldn't have him working for you. Yeah, too much energy is wasted, I found, when you've got someone that you don't think's doing the job right and you're just like yeah. trying to analyze all the little things that they're not doing right. It's just so yeah. much energy. It's like tr- tr- trying oh. to prove to them that they're not doing it right, but it's just a waste. You get someone that's synergizes with your business and it's simple you found yes, that no, I have faith yeah just just believe in them and and you need to have that belief you need to be able to supervise and organize and just don't try and do everything yourself find a person who fits in with what you want to do as part of your business as your business starts to grow find that person who's going to fit that little niche part of where your business where it is and let him go yeah. you'll be surprised what people can achieve when you give them give them enough right yeah they continue to surprise them. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is not having enough faith in the people they've employed. Yeah. If you've employed him, you believe in him, 
give him the right, let him have a go. Yeah, employ the right people from the beginning. You won't have to worry yeah. about that. That's correct. Yeah, cool. Again, okay. going back to my little things. If you do the little thing in terms of employing the right person, then it looks after itself up the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there a time, like they're awesome, 10 points, wicked, like we're going to be able to, maybe oh, yeah. we'll post those underneath this podcast as well for everyone yep. that wants yep. to take a copy of that. Um, but where, where's some times that you've gone wrong and maybe you've forgotten, your, your list went missing or you've forgotten about it or you've, you've been distracted and you're like, oh, and then when you came back to it, you're like, that's right. <laughs> I've, uh, uh, this is what I needed to do. Yeah, where have you yeah. gone wrong? Uh, not very often, I'd say, because I've planned. I've, again, I've been planning all my life, I suppose. And my children hate me for doing it, but I've always got everything planned. If I'm doing anything or going anywhere, whatever we're doing, it's planned down to the. Yeah. I'm a pain in the backside because I just plan it down to the nth degree of, you know, even think about if this happens, what will I do to fix that? Now, if you're travelling overseas or whatever, and you lose something, or so I've always planned, and um, it's only when the when we got really busy and you, life gets busy, mm. you know, there's lots happening at home, there's a lot happening at work. And we were, even when I was doing a lot of the community stuff, you know, it, it was really busy and a lot of hard times. But that's when I would go, shit, I've taken on too much or what will I do here? That's when I'd go back to that again. Yeah. One of them was to say, we did a, we did a project which was nearly $600,000 as a donation to the Cancer Council. Uh, and that was a really busy time, a lot of things to organise. A lot of donations, a lot of people to to, to put together, and yeah, that was That's amazing. hard times, but good times. Awesome, good times, good, That's really good, good outcomes. It must be so rewarding, like being able to build your business to what it is, so you could do that for the community. I think that's really inspiring. It is, yeah, it yeah. is good. You always good. And my philosophy was always to give back to the community that gave to me. So yeah, uh, I had no hesitation in doing that at all. Yeah, that's excellent. They supported my business and they, the community grew the business, so that it, it, why not help the community? Yeah. Yeah. Without the, without the community, I did not have a business. It's pretty simple. Mm. Yeah. You know, they all supported it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's excellent. So, with moving forward, like you're talking about uh, different investment strategies, I'd like to just cover on that before we finish up today. So, yeah, yeah as I said, you know, even planning for my retirement, as I said, it's, it was a long-term planning and I would recommend to anybody if they're going to deciding they want to plan, that they, they should start planning now. Even you at your age, you should set yourself, to me, I would pick a date, a birthday that you want to retire on. Um, mine was actually two years ago, but I, a couple of little things got in the road, so I had to go on for another two years. Um, but you need to plan it and need to start 10 years, at least 10 years, 20 years early. Um, the exit strategy, I would start planning at least 10 years before I decide I want to exit. So if you know your date, whatever it is, 10 years before that date is when you should start planning the exit strategy. And it needs to be a proper plan and needs to be looked up, looked at and how you're going to do it. There are people who can help you with regards to that and I'm happy to help people with that as well. Oh, great. But you need to have that exit strategy plan. So don't, don't start your business and have a business and then get to, because I do know quite a few electrical contractors around my age, unfortunately, have now found themselves in a place where they, they've got their business, they haven't put enough money away, they can't sell it to anybody, so they just have to keep on working mm. because they haven't planned and they didn't plan it long enough to, to where they want to be. So you need to start planning early. That's the biggest point I can give everybody. 
start early and at least give yourself 10 years in terms of when you want to get out. Say, okay, I'm getting out at whatever. 10 years before that date that you've picked, start planning then. How you going, who are you going to sell to? Or how much money do I need at that point in time? Or what I'm going to do? Yeah. And in terms of those investments, what you should do, my philosophy has always been to have a, a 30-30-30. So I have 30% in cash, 30% in property, and then 30% in the um, share market in equities. And that way, that's that's sort of masked me a little bit in terms of when interest rates have gone up, but they haven't gone up for a long time, obviously, but you still should have cash available to you when you need to, to do things. Um, the property market is good, but it's going down at the moment, and then the share market. So at least if something goes bad in one area, you're still covered in the other two areas, and it, it, as the cycle goes through, you, you're covered. So as part of your long-term strategy planning, that's what you should be doing. Um, pay your house off first. A lot of people still think borrowing money is good, but my philosophy is now the quicker you can get rid of your borrowed money, the better, and the, the, the quicker you'll actually grow your wealth in terms of that without having to borrow money. Get rid of all the loans first off as your priority and then start to build from there. And use that cash which you've got then to start to build. And it can accumulate very quickly if you do it that way. So you're suggesting to pay off your home before you do the 30-30-30 or do it at the same time? No, I would pay off my home first, yes. Yeah. yeah get rid of my home loan. Um, I hate banks, so the less we have to give them, the better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. No, that's they're, good they're making enough profit as it is. Yeah, they sure are. We've, fees, a big one. Hidden little yeah, fees. Yeah, Cost you a lot of money. Yep. Compounded Absolutely. over time. So the profit you're making, put it into your pocket, not into the bank's pocket. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Nice. Awesome. So... Is there anything else, Tom, before we finish up today that you'd want to say to the industry just to, to finish off today's chat? Um, no, I said it for me, especially for the young fellas starting now, I, I think start off, get all your little things done right. So make sure you understand what it costs you to run a business, what it costs you to employ a person, what it costs you to run that van. Know, know what your costs are, as, 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 we, as you know, I've and pain the ass like that, but it, you should know down to the cent what it costs you to employ a guy, yep. which includes all your overheads. So if you take the time to work all that out, I think I was, I was watching there um, a little ad from John Hoare and he, he uses his profit per hour. And that's what John, and that's how John have, helped himself succeed again. He knew what it cost him and what profit he was going to make per hour on that, whatever item he was doing. Yep. So that's the most important thing. Understand what it costs you. Because if you don't know what it costs you, you don't know what you're making. Mm. So once you work out those costs and live by those costs and don't don't ever let yourself go underneath those costs. So once you understand what it is, you know that you can't go underneath it. If you can't get a job, then walk away from that job because it's no use doing a job for people if you're not going to make money. People yeah. will let you do it. As you know, builders will let you do it. People will let you do their job when they know you're not going to make money because they know you've priced it wrong. Yeah. You need to understand that, yes, I've priced it wrong and I need to walk away from that job. Yeah. It doesn't matter what size job it is, whether it's a – $100 job or a $5 million job or a $10 million job. You need to know what that cost is. So you need to know when I say, no, I'm out of here. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people I've been working with at the moment who just don't understand, they're like, oh, but it's a $7,000 job, like starting out. And then I was yeah. like, but let's work out exactly how much you're making. And it works out, you know, negative 5% pro profit, which is cost you 5% of 7000 for you to do the job. 
Do you like that? Yeah, exactly. And I'll let you do it. That's right. Yeah. You need to understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose just stay positive. Life's good. Every day you're six feet above the ground, better than being six feet under the ground. So yeah, absolutely. Enjoy it. Embrace it. And have fun. Make sure you have fun. Awesome. That's uh, yeah. And you have fun, Tom. Retire I always in eight eight more days. <laughs> eight more days I will. <laughs> Scary, but anyway, yeah, we'll see what happens. So if, if someone wants to contact you, how how can they get in touch with you? Um, my mobile number if they want to is fine or my email address. Yep. Um, do you want to post that or my mobile number is 0418-775-073 or my email address will be thomasmbert at gmail.com. Great. I'm, I'm happy to help. As I said, I've mentored. I'm happy to help people and I get great pleasure out of helping people and seeing them succeed because I want I want you to succeed. Yeah. We, awesome. we want we want people to succeed. Yeah. But love the industry. Yeah. Electric industry is, is very good for you and it's it's a great, great industry. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. And thanks for your time today and enjoy retirement. My pleasure. Thank you, Greg. It's been right. a, a lot of fun. Keep right. going well, mate. Keep on succeeding. You do a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. Just a reminder, use the promo code P-O-D-C-A-S-T podcast, all in capital letters, at checkout at the Electrician Success Academy to get a lifetime 10% off for being one of our awesome listeners here at the Electrician Success Podcast. Anyway, have a fantastic day. I hope you're crushing it out there and I'll see you in the next episode.